What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? I am your host, Shiz Lansky, here on episode four of Off the Top Road Podcast. So, this episode, we're going to talk about what went down on WWE NXT live in the performance center in Orlando, Florida on March 11, 2020. We're going to start with the opening match, which is the North American Championship being defended. Keith Lee, our beloved black champion, Lit High Limitless. Versus Cameron Grimes. Now, I can honestly say, I can honestly say, my man, my new guy, and finally, they're pushing a black super heavyweight to be a top baby face, and this was is going to appeal, it's going to make so much appeal to the audience, so much appeal to the mix ethnicities of the audience. So as much as I know Vince don't like having black champions and shit like that, or it may not be that way, but oh, it's going to happen. It's going to fucking happen. So, you know, this match was pretty well. Damian Priest attacked, Damian Priest uh, attacked Lee behind with a baton. Well, obviously that didn't work. But Devonovich made the save and tried to help me, tried to help up Lee. But But at the same time, the one who attacked him, he spared about him as well. So, obviously, we're going to know what the hell's going to happen between us. This is going to be a nice new rivalry for, uh, for our man Keith Lee to get his feet wet, to get over with, to get over with the fans. And let's just hope and pray. If he does get the call up, have him go to Raw or something like that. I want him and Lesnar to go at it. I want... I want to see Heyman take his time to nurture and care for Keith Lee to make him a, a big star. Like, it'll be so damn great. But the North American Championship was defended, and Keith Lee came out victorious for another day. We are going to go into the next live match qualification match, Mia Yim versus Dakota Kai. Now, for what I last heard, Dakota Kai's been pretty on the damn movement when it comes to her rivalry and shit. So, and I'm guessing a little backstage politicking and shit like that because Mia Yim is dating our North American champion, Keith Lee, behind the scenes. Obviously, when you have a power couple of that type of magnitude, you might just get over. But I give the Keith Lee match itself... I get to keep you back to 3.75 stars. For the second batch of a little bit ladder match between Mia Yim, Mia Yim and Dakota Kai. This was a qualifying match, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. So it's only by pinfall or submission. This match, I'm still warmed up to their women's division as well. So bear with me if I don't know several of the key names. Because, like I said, you work two jobs, you may not have enough time to really watch the programs itself. You only get able to watch the highlights. So, I really depend on what I have written down as notes, um, the recap notes, and looking at um, previous highlight videos. So, at least I know what exactly went down, how each finish went down. So... So, Raquel, so I guess Dakota Kai got the manager of Raquel Gonzalez. So she got in the big, gets caught, it gets allowed with the traction to have Dakota Kai for the roller, for the pin, for the win. Didn't help. 
Revy didn't turn around in time. However, me and Yin was able to escape with a cold breaker and end that match that way. Which that was pretty damn awesome. Which I'm just starting to think this is trying to give a lot of people these new, these recycle finishers and they try to get over with them because we see so many people using the cold breaker right now. What's going on with that trend, ladies and gentlemen? I, I mean, am I the only one noticing now or what? Um, we're gonna go on to the third match, Kushida and v- is versus Roman, you know, Roman Des. So in this match, Kushida, who I was paying attention to for since the very beginning, since I was first watching NXT before it went on the USA Network, and he debuted. He debuted pretty damn well, and I gotta give his match. A three and a half stars because he came off the finish was very unique. King he came off the top rope, reverse um um reverse the slam, and then he had him in the arm and then he had him in a triangle arm bar and he forced him by submission. After that we get the cut footage from Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. And with that and with that image and with that video package they brace it up for the NXT Women's Championship between Rhea Ripley and the 2020 Royal Rumble winner, Charlotte Flair. We get to the parking lot, and then we get we come back to the parking lot. Why Roman is just kidnapped by people? Hey, what you doing, mask? That's kind of freaky. That's kind of freaked out. You know what I mean? No one really expected that to really come out of the play. In the next segment, Rhea Ripley comes out and talk. You know, Rhea Ripley comes out, talks her shit. How she'll win the NC Women's Championship as a WrestleMania, but obviously, you know, Charlotte Flair not gonna let this shit go down. She comes down and interferes, and Rhea Ripley attacks her. But where uh, Charlotte Flair won that fight at the very and put in a figure for a leg lock around the ring post. And that's how he end that segment. The challenger comes out on top. Basically saying, you may got the belt, but I have a lot more championship experience than you, young buck. And that's going to be hell of a great. We're going to move forward to the next match, which is another live match qualifying match. Tegan Knox versus Deanna Parazzo. Uh, which, like I said, bear with me, folks. This is still a long passage for me to try to get used to people's last names and getting used to uh, the NXT product as well which is why I said I gotta start putting more time into watching these stuff and putting more effort into understanding and getting and getting people's last names right you know what I mean so we gotta start doing that um after me watching this I can honestly say their women's division is a lot better than the AEW women's division right now. So AEW needs to take some notes on, on, on the women's division and how they really scout out talent, and how they really manifest their their essentially deposits are high in the weaknesses. Um, that's what I help them in the long run. But to that qualifying match, I give Tegan Knox the win. The Tegan Knox won with a shot. I'm in the Chinese Wizard. And now she's gonna be going into the live match. Now she's gonna be going to the qualifier live match at WrestleMania, apparently. So I give that match at least a 3.25 stars. Now we're going to the next match, which is the NXT Championship match, the Undisputed Era, 
versus the Brozoids. That is, that is Matt Riddle and that is Matt Riddle and Pete Dunn, y'all. Now, this new tag team, I thought it wasn't really going to work. But you see the one promo that they did with them on the Swamp Boats, and that's what I can really tell. Like, ooh, this is going to get over the fans. You, you're convincing someone that's not that type of person to be that type of person and changes the whole dynamic of the character. That takes genius. That's something that I think Dustin Rose would have been proud of. But at the end of the day, who's gonna start the bruiser weights right now? They got the highest momentum. Forget the undisputed. We all, we all probably gonna see them right on the wall. They're gonna get that call up too, and they're not gonna call up the SmackDown. All four of them. Otherwise, it's not gonna work if you separate the teams. But um, the Bruiserweight match, I gotta get that one a three point seventy five star, three point seventy five stars too. That NG Championship is worth it. Well, I mean, worth it, completely worth it. And picking them up, disciplining Matt Riddle, give him the tag titles, let him work up his momentum, so when he goes back into his singles, he can actually be better. And he can work with many other key stars. And that's how you're going to be building new stars. And that's what Vince is not doing, but Triple H knows how to do that. Because he learned from Vince, and Vince is just getting older, getting more senile, and not thinking straight. So, with that matter... Let's just hope and pray that they don't they don't destroy NXT. Let's just hope and pray Vince don't put someone else in charge and then it really kills and dilutes the 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 product and then we have a serious problem. Then NXT will really be in deep waters. Um how they win the match, by the way, um, would you ask? They put O'Reilly away with the bro to sleep in the ink you know what I'm saying, in the insecurity combination. One, two, three, that's how they won that match. Now the dead last, now the dead last segment is Tommaso Ciampa. Tommaso Ciampa comes out into the ring. He issues. He he calls out Johnny Gargano. Why did you attack me? Why did you attack me? Blackheart. This is why I get the Blackheart name from. He just brings that whole sinister feeling out. But now it's the baby face. It's more of a okay, a vengeful evil baby face that you gotta understand. That it only gonna apply to certain people, not all people. Then Johnny Gano, they cut the Johnny Gano in the back, and he's like, "You know what? You wanna face me so bad? You wanna come see me? You you you, you have the guts to come see me in my face." Tomorrow, Shane goes all the way to the back. He cuts he cuts the audience, goes all the way to the back. He finds him, and now it comes the big office brawl. They're brawling all over their arena. Everywhere, I mean, everywhere. He's flipping over tape. I mean, he's you know, he's taking down posters. He's trying to knock them out. Everywhere, every goddamn way in that performance center. Like Jesus. Like when I say, I thought like the old school hardcore matches that they used to have in WWF back then was more like this. This is sort of going back to the element. This is real bad blood. They're going everywhere, everywhere from the training facility to the weight room facility. So all the way to go right back out into the arena. They're going all over the place in the performance. And the people are going crazy. Tommaso Champion is just kicking ass. John Gino is just getting the living crap beat out of him until finally, until finally, at the very end on the top of the podium, you see John Gino trying to get his last words in. 
Tomorrow Jr. reverses it and flings him off the top of the corner. They both crash. Crash it through a table. This bad blood is not going to stop. This has been one of the top rivalries that they had thus far. Again, this is like, well, like the second or third time doing this rivalry, and it gets even better. It's just adding new chapters to their rivalry. And that's what they're executing properly in NXT that is in the main roster. So that's why I don't mind people leaving the main roster to come out of NXT and repackaging them that way, they'll get the momentum that they need so when they come back up, they get a higher momentum that be, yo, don't kill this fucking character. I hope Vince is really taking notes of this because basically, Triple H should have been take over the Rays four years ago, if you would ask me. And that's the end of NXT from the March 11th, March 11th episode. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining me. Um, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, let me know any way, shape, or form. Um, we're going to get to the last episode of the day. And that's going to be for previous Friday SmackDown from the Performance Center as well because due to the whole coronavirus. But this is going to be a little bit different. There's going to be no audience. So this is going to be pretty interesting stuff. And I didn't even watch it because I knew it was bound to happen. But you know how Vince is. Vince is paid for He wants his money. So, you know, the, what the boss wants, the boss gets. And we're going to dig into that real soon, okay? So, stick with me. Stay tuned. God bless. Be safe. We're going to get into the next episode. Episode 5 of SmackDown. March 13th for the, for the, for the Performance Center. Thank y'all. Have a good day. Peace.